0: Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is sponsored this week by Lemieux Company. A video-first marketing agency, Lemieux Company works to build better content and tell better stories through video. You can find Lemieux Company on Facebook, Instagram, and at lemieux.company. That's L-E-M-I-E-U-X. It's French. Today's guest is Daniel Davis. Now, Daniel is one of those guys who's in the background of a lot of the exciting stuff happening downtown. So, Six Car Pub and Brewery is one of my monthly sponsors. Daniel is the guy responsible for Six Car's excellent branding, marketing, social media presence, all that stuff. A few weeks back, when I was the guest on this podcast, I mentioned the band Fine and Dandy. Well, Daniel is half of that duo with Ben Cargo. So anyway, Daniel is the multi-talented owner of Sad Monkey Media, a downtown creative agency. He's a graphic designer, web developer, singer-songwriter, keyboardist, guitar player, former worship pastor, etc., etc. He's good at a lot of things, especially promoting downtown businesses. So here's Daniel Davis. Daniel Davis, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: So I definitely want to talk about Sad Monkey. I want to talk about some of the work you're doing right now for businesses downtown. I want to talk about music. I mean, there's a lot of mm-hmm. places we can go. Um, but let's start by sort of establishing how you got here. So tell me how you ended up in Amarillo.
1: Well, I was born here, so it was pretty easy for me to arrive. Okay. <laughs> um, easy transition yes. from the womb to the Yes. City. <laughs> I didn't work too hard on that. Um, but yeah, I've just been here all my life. Uh, went to school here. Uh, worked here. I haven't really left other than to travel. So
0: did you go to college around here?
1: I actually did not go to college. Not at all. Not at all. All right.
0: So your entire life is a fraud then. Yes. You're not, you don't have any- <laughs> I've
1: just faked it till I made it. Okay. And it's it's worked so far.
0: Was was there ever a point where you thought I'm going to finish my school and go pursue something else? Get out of here.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I still have those thoughts sometimes. Uh, and a lot of my friends have moved away and to other big cities and they're doing great things. But I've just always, uh, I think there's just so much opportunity here in Amarillo and my roots are so deep that I just, it's such an invaluable thing to lose. And so I've stuck around and just really enjoyed being here.
0: Okay. So I, I want to talk about your career path
1: because.
0: You own your own business, you're doing great work, you're working with some influential businesses here in Amarillo, but you don't have like what people would consider the traditional kind of, of training or education. Sure. So tell me how you ended up at this point. Walk me through your, your career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I started out right out of high school. Actually, while I was still in high school, I was working in ministry. Um, I even had an office <laughs> In high school, and so I would sneak away and go hide in my office <laughs> at some points. And uh, I was on path to become a pastor, doing music ministry at a large church here in town, and did that for for years. And really was just wanting to do something more. Um, felt a little bit phony in that position. You know, I was always doing some sort of graphic design throughout every job I've had, and so that was just something that was a necessity. And built on that. Um, every job I had, it was it was valuable um, to to learn that stuff. After that job at that church, I actually managed a frozen yogurt shop. Okay, which, which was just a traditional yeah career I mean, path. Just totally just moving on up. <laughs> but it was just I saw it as an opportunity to kind of step out of of ministry. I di- I didn't really feel like I was in the right spot, um, and so. I found my exit there. Um, Did the, you ever
0: think of something like seminary or, or getting, you know, theological training?
1: Not really, and where I was at, it wasn't traditional um, training, but we were in courses and learning things, and I think they could actually ordain me there. I just never got to that point that I felt comfortable doing that, and so I... Uh, Music has been a huge part of my life, Um, even before church. um, I started playing the piano when I was about four years old, played the guitar all the time. After the frozen yogurt adventure, (laughs) I was unemployed for about two months and just doing handiwork, and that was terrible. But then I got hired on at Emerald National Bank, and I took a very random position there uh, in internet banking, so Mm -hmm. I was basically resetting people's passwords when they forgot. Right, right. <laughs> so that was something I did every day. Um, and I saw a position in marketing open up about maybe three months after I started, and I put in for it, uh, but I was I hadn't been there long enough to, for them to accept me in that. Um, but I just kept pushing for it, kept pushing for it. I was creating graphics for them. And you had just been doing that
0: sort of casually self-taught. Yes. along the way yeah,
1: I mean, everything i've I've learned has just been out of necessity. and YouTube, actually, I think on my Facebook profile have I have YouTube as my uh, college okay. <laughs> education. so
0: you you ended up at Amarillo National Bank, but did you ever get to a point where you thought, okay, maybe maybe this is a career. maybe uh, oh, absolutely.
1: This- I mean, I, before I got into marketing I was really considering even just banking you know becoming a, a banking officer and lending and things like that but uh, it wouldn't be
0: a bad career no path. it's I'd, a great be a
1: nice employer it's a great thing uh, and they were amazing to work for um, but I just I really wanted to do something creative and so I was really trying to get into the marketing department and got in there and worked worked there for about three years I believe um, was able to do a lot of really fun things and I mean, obviously, anybody that lives here knows knows their marketing is is excellent, and they're a very fun place to work for. Tell me
0: how you ended up at the point where you know you've worked for an employer, you've worked you know managing frozen yogurt place, <laughs> you've you've done some ministry. None of those things says open my own business. <laughs> no. So <laughs> where did you get that push to to really take the risks that are involved with it?
1: Yeah, um, I think that drive really came from working for so many different people. And I would always come to a point where I wanted to go faster and wanted to kind of push, push the envelope. And I just wasn't able to do that because it wasn't my, my thing. And so uh, I, I just really had the desire to run my own business, make my own rules, um, and just really step out there and, and do that.
0: Do you feel that there was a a moment where you thought, okay, this is the time. I mean, when when something goes from being, you know, sort of this dream, I I want to make my own rules to actually, you know, pulling the switch, sure. and doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I freelanced for a while, um, off and on, and that is a very lonely <laughs> place, and you don't have a team to work with unless you're consistently working with an organization. But I. Took one step into that direction by freelancing, but I really desired to have my own team and have you know people I would see on a day to day basis, and so really six car pub opening up was the opportunity to start Sad Monkey, and so um, they've been our first client, and we've able been able to do all of their marketing, and that was really what allowed us to start. And you started working with them
0: several months before their opening, mm-hmm. so they were launching their marketing campaign. Before they actually opened the doors. Yes,
1: yes. Back in December of 2016. Uh, what year is it?
0: <laughs> yeah, 20 this is 2018. Okay, so, it was, so yeah,
1: 2017, December of 2017.
0: Tell me how that happened, where you were able to partner with what well, what was at that point not really yet an existing establishment, but one that had already a pretty good reputation. Mm-hmm. And you're this brand new business, you know. Pretty unproven yeah. in the market. So <laughs> how how did you say okay, six car? I'm the guy for you.
1: I mean, really, it just came down to trust. Um, you know, we met with Colin, and he he knew what we were capable of just based on our past work. But really, we just said, please trust us to develop your brand and to get the word out there. And. It's been a great relationship ever since. So, so tell me what has happened
0: that. since then. I mean, obviously, Six Car has been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a very strong marketing presence. Has you know that single client? I'm starting a business. This is the one thing that mm-hmm. that we can do. Has that turned into more?
1: Yes, absolutely. And that it's been such a huge uh, example for what we can do, and it's very public. And so we've gotten a lot of other work uh, since then and really trying to figure out our niche in this market, because there are a lot of marketing companies here. Um, but we really just want to do better work. And if you travel anywhere else um, outside of Amarillo, you'll look at signs, look at websites. Everything You know, in big cities is just a little bit better. And I think we can we can be that, especially as the city grows. We really need to rise to the occasion on the marketing front here in Amarillo.
0: And a lot of your clients tend to be sort of clustered in the downtown area. Is that right? Yes. Is is that on purpose or is that just sort of a happy accident?
1: It's, I mean, it's definitely maybe a little bit of both and my office is down here um, and that was totally intentional because I just, I really want downtown to uh, be successful and um, a lot of the clients uh, that are downtown have just been because they've seen Six Car and some of the other work we've done, but I don't know. I think the, the future is really bright down here in in downtown, and we would like to be a huge part of the success of that. Tell me about the name Sad Monkey. Well, really, just wanted something catchy, something local, and the Sad Monkey Railroad was a historical railroad down in Palo Alto Canyon. I rode it many times as a child. <laughs> I, I never did. Um, I've seen it. I've heard a lot of Children would would cry on that ride because <laughs> it was scary. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember it being scary. <laughs> we, we did see lizards from time to time, and I always thought yes. that was
0: cool. But if you're afraid of lizards, I guess it could be.
1: <laughs> I really wish there was something like that still down there. That'd be really fun. But uh, yeah, so really, it just pays tribute to the area, and it's a memorable name. And that's that's really about all. I
0: I love the name. I I always thought it was striking to me, and that you know when when you're a marketing company. And you want to create a catchy name, and you want to build a brand that people love and trust. And then to have "sad" like right there <laughs> yeah. at the front of it is like a super bold move. And yes. it, it's striking that way. And I, I wondered if that was something that you were ever hesitant about, because around here, Sad Monkey just feels great. Everybody knows right. it; it's familiar. But like from outside, I can see people going, "Why? Why are you the sad marketing company?"
1: <laughs> right, and that's true. And a lot of times when I'm giving my email address over the phone to people, they're they're like sad, like like unhappy, mm-hmm. I guess. But then it sticks in their brain, so <laughs> I think it, it works.
0: And, and your logo is a banana turned upside down, yes, like, like a, a frown, a frown mm-hmm. which is just a great, is one of my favorite <laughs> logos. Thanks. So let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, you're you know you're involved in a lot of the business stuff that's happening downtown because of your company, but you're also becoming more and more present on the, the local music scene, and it's not. It's not a new thing for you. You've been involved as a musician for years. Mm-hmm, yeah. So tell me tell me how that kind of started and transitioned from, you know, leading worship at church to what you're doing now. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, you know, I've always kind of dabbled in in writing and I would try to write worship music and it just it would never feel right to me. And so, you know, started doing my own thing and didn't really show anybody the stuff I was doing for years. Um, wrote a few songs. I think the first decent song I wrote was about my dog, <laughs> which is great for country music. Um, and not car- <laughs> as good for worship time. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And so uh, I wrote in, in private for a while. I uh, started playing with Zach Wilkerson here in town. He's since moved uh, to another city, but we toured the Texas country circuit in Texas and Oklahoma and Colorado, and I played with him on the road for about three and a half years. And and you were his keyboard. Keyboard, Yes keyboard player and I actually hadn't played the piano like that in probably 10 years but I just kept hearing I started playing bass for him and started hearing all these parts it's like I need to buy a keyboard (laughs) so we can do this so and now that's that's been something I've continued to really uh work on and pursue but after the days on the road were catching up with me and it was just time to settle back down uh I really I didn't want to quit playing music, and I didn't really necessarily want to go back to playing in church, and so I started kind of stepping out there with my own music, and then uh, ran into Ben Cargo, who's a good buddy of mine now. Um, We actually traveled and played some shows together on the road with different bands, but we never really got close. And Um, who was
0: he playing with at the time? He was playing with Strange Town
1: at the time, and that was a local band that, um, that has since broken up, but um, I'm thankful for that because now we can play together. But we met in the guitar shop in B&J's Guitars, and we both just had a look in our eyes like, hey, what are you doing these days? And so we, we started playing and picking around, and we kind of based our sound to begin with off of uh, the Old Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, which is just excellent yeah. country folk music and um, it just went from there, and we started writing some songs together and playing some house shows. Um, Wes Reeves, obviously, it's our biggest fan. If anybody <laughs> knows Wes, he,
0: he if Anybody knows Wes, they probably know you guys. Yes, because he's he's an evangelist. for
1: Absolutely, you. and it's been awesome just to have him spreading the word about our music. And I mean, he's just the best.
0: I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about the local music scene because I I think the two of you as you know as a duo. Are real comfortable playing super stripped down kinds of house shows, you know, where you're not even plugged in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've also played on stages like Yellow City Sounds, you know, that's in a big festival format. So having played in in all these different venues and and levels of performance, do you feel like there's a place where you feel the best? You feel the most comfortable as a musician? I mean, is there is there something you prefer?
1: Um, you know the the house concerts are great. And I really we're working on doing more of those because people are there to listen. Um, I, I love playing on a big stage with a big sound system, but typically people are not there to listen, and so that's kind of the <laughs> a negative aspect of. Or
0: they're sitting like in a lawn chair, fifty yards away. From yes, you, it's a <laughs> yeah. little bit less finding intimate. any
1: any sort of shade they can find. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think I would prefer the smaller, more intimate setting. It just gives. People a chance to really hear the words of the of the songs we've written and really engage, and it's just a lot better of a time.
0: I'm curious about that as a model because obviously, if if you're let's say a local musician, you want to perform in front of people, you want people to hear your music, you also want to be compensated, you know, for your time. There, there's always a monetary aspect yes. involved. Can you like like do you feel you can survive as a band? By doing house shows where you there's not like a door fee you don't know it's, it's kind of a pass the hat kind of thing it
1: is and there's there's some wording that you can use like suggested donation um where you can kind of uh rely on a certain number uh you know a certain dollar amount you'll make that night but just as a musician in general if that's like your only means of income i don't know if it's even possible these days unless you're selling a bunch of records so. Is
0: it is it uncomfortable to be thinking in terms of commerce when you're also planning a concert? I mean, is is there a line between art and commerce that you don't really know how to yeah how to cross or how to manage?
1: Absolutely, and it's you know I'm not doing this. We're not doing this for the money, um, but it is always nice because we've got <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gear, years and years of of practicing and lots of hours of, uh, of working on this music. And so it is nice to uh, get some money from that. But I think a lot of what people are making money on in the music industry is uh, merch. So <laughs> we probably need to get some you T-shirts. need some T-shirts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if, if only you knew a good designer. To I know, help right? Out with that. <laughs> Tell me about the local music scene. I mean, you've been involved in it for years at a variety of levels. Is, is it something that is growing? I mean, is it expanding or, or reaching a place... Like downtown businesses or like, you know, Amarillo's culture, do you see it moving forward some?
1: I do. It's moving forward slowly. A lot of bands are moving away for better opportunities. And so that's unfortunate. But I think with downtown growing, I think there is a huge opportunity for a new music venue um, that will allow people to come and listen and it not be driven by alcohol sales which is kind of the model here. We're just, you know, background music for people to drink to. And so I think there's a great opportunity for a a great listening room here. And hopefully it's downtown. I think there's a lot of space where it could be. When
0: the bands move away, are they moving to like Austin? Are they Mm -hmm. moving to a place that has a more vibrant scene or more opportunity to do it full time? Is that what's happening? I
1: think so. And I mean, anywhere from Amarillo is quite a drive. And so... If you want to go play w- one show in Fort Worth, you're you know you're in their band for four hours, five hours, um, and then back you know having to turn back around and come back home. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to travel quickly, being located down down south. I think that's definitely the reason why a lot of bands move away. Still
0: thinking about your career trajectory, you know, from ministry to running a business to music. I mean, do you ever feel like? Is this a place that you saw yourself twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, when you were just getting started? I mean, does it feel like a natural trajectory <laughs> to you, or does it feel like this is where I've ended up, and let's let's make the best of it?
1: Oh, uh, it definitely is nothing that I expected. Um, I, I knew music was going to be a part of my life. You know, I thought I was going to be a rock star by now, but it's just, <laughs> I you know, that's what I used to dream about when I was in fifth grade, listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman on my <laughs> on my Walkman. But uh, no, I'm I'm very happy with with where I am right now, and I don't I don't think this is it for me. Uh, I think that there will be something. Uh, I love being all over the place, doing multiple things, and if music can be a part of that, then that'll make me happy.
0: What about the ministry aspect of it? Do you feel like that was a calling that maybe was just for a certain amount of time, or was it? maybe a calling you didn't fully understand or
1: no i you know i think i've been able to for lack of a better words minister to people more so in these last 5 or 6 years because i've i haven't been in the church bubble and so i'm actually you know on the ground with people and you know everybody's having a hard time and so it's i still have that that sense of helping wanting to help people and so i think it's actually given me more opportunity to do that being you know where they are and not being so ignorant I guess as I was back in those days Um, just a little too sheltered a little too green you know I think it's still a huge part of my life just in a very different context
0: yeah I mean that context now is the corporate world Mm -hmm. the businesses and restaurants and bars on the weekends so (laughs) I mean you're kind of covering all the bases absolutely of people that that need something yeah for sure where where do you see, you know, you're so involved with all the, the different things happening downtown. Where do you see this area being, um, you know, maybe downtown Amarillo in five years or 10 years? What are, you, what are you looking toward?
1: Oh, man, I think, you know, the city is growing out west, and there's a lot of new stuff out there, but there's just so much history downtown, and I really think there's a lot of opportunity for retail down here. Um, we need more restaurants, more more things to do. As this ballpark opens up, whatever they decide to name this team, <laughs> which I, I heard that it's going to be, you know, uh, soon that they're going to announce that.
0: Well, they've been saying that for six weeks. So. Yes. <laughs>
1: and I have some ideas what it is going to be, and I don't think it's going to be Sod Poodles. I,
0: I would concur with that, but we'll keep it real yes. quiet. i to keep my fingers face. crossed.
1: But I think, honestly, uh, there there are a lot of great things already here, and there's a lot of reasons to come down here, but there there needs to be more shopping and more things to do, and I... I just think it's going to be vibrant again, like it used to be 50 years ago when all these retail shops were down here and they had the parade and all that stuff down here. I think it's. I think we're going to see a revitalization of downtown.
0: And I, I appreciate that a lot of the marketing you've done for Six Car has a nod to that history. It's not all about just, here we are, here's our business, here's what's happening now, but it's... Tying into that string that, that goes all the way back to the 1880s mm-hmm. and, and the history of this area, yeah. Do, do you think that that's an important thing for let's let's say businesses downtown to acknowledge you know that long tradition, the the people who lived here, the stuff that was happening here in the 30s and 40s?
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's always you have to know where you came from to know where you're going, and I think just to acknowledge that is huge. Um, I really love old stuff and I also you know I, I'm in the digital world and so I think respecting the past and crafting the future which is which a sounds like a great <laughs> slogan for a, a downtown group pub. <laughs> it's just such a good idea though I mean there's so many good things that we just can't forget about but we also have to move forward and my grandpa great-grandpa actually had a western store down here on Polk Street I mean, I, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it's a long time ago. And so he was, I, you know, I've got deep roots here. And so it's it's really neat to be a part of all this this change.
0: So as a writer, I've had the privilege of writing dozens of TV commercial scripts for clients that if you ever watch local TV, you've probably seen. Now, some of the most fun spots I've worked on And the most successful spots, and the ones that people watch and think, did some big national agency make that? Well, they were collaborations with Lemieux Company. Wilson Lemieux is a homegrown videographer with a ton of talent. He's focused on creating content that evokes emotion and provokes action. So whether it's a 30-second spot or a branded short film, Lemieux Company digs deep to understand your target audience and the story you want to tell. Combining that understanding with a track record of beautiful storytelling and compelling visuals generates a creative project that gets you results. People end up talking about the stuff he films, edits, produces, everything. And honestly, I I love working with him. So you can find Lemieux Company online at lemieux.company. That's L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Lemieux Company. Better content, better stories. Okay, I'm back with Daniel Davis of Sad Monkey Media and Fine and Dandy and a number of different endeavors. Daniel, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. I'm going to ask you eight straight questions. As my guest, you are required to answer those questions (laughs) in whatever degree of detail you would like. If you don't, it'll be a really awkward interview. Um, So let's start. What's your favorite building in
1: downtown Amarillo? I thought about this, and I have to say it's the Potter County Courthouse. Okay, it's got a nice back to the future feel. <laughs> yeah, that
0: sort of art deco yes. clock tower yes. kind of thing.
1: I love it. It's a beautiful building.
0: And that's that's like the largest amount of green space it right is. in the middle of downtown too. It's got it's got a big front yard.
1: It does. And I walk around there frequently just throughout the day just to get some air. So it's a great place to, to walk.
0: And your office is located uh also downtown on mm-hmm. the seventh floor of
1: The Eagle Center. E- the Eagle Center, yes. which is
0: like First United Bank
1: for now. For yeah. now,
0: it's it's had a lot of different, mm-hmm. I guess, iterations of this building.
1: Yeah, you see, it started out as First National Bank, which is uh, had the big rotating sign on the top. If you've ever seen a picture of that, it's awesome. Do you like
0: being downtown? You know, being able to—I mean, not just proximity, but but like you're looking down on the city as mm-hmm. as you work. You're it's in this great. Corner and
1: got a nice view of the Santa Fe Building and nice view. Uh, it's a little foggy today, but you can usually see the wind turbines out there all the way out west, and so I love being here. In your opinion, and and this is not a
0: song uh, a question I've asked anybody else, but you're a songwriter, so I'm going to mm-hmm. to go with it. Uh, in your opinion, what's the best song ever written?
1: I would have to say I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry by Hank Williams.
0: Okay, why do you say that?
1: Uh, I just, I can relate to it sometimes, and it's just the pedal steel guitar on that is just beautiful, and I love it.
0: And that, that sort of, I guess... Haunting, a little bit sad sound. I mean that that's kind of your wheelhouse mm-hmm. with fine and dandy and, and the type of music that you're making now. Absolutely. Is there is there something emotionally that, that you just like about that or does that just really fit, you know, that kind of old style folk music that you play? It
1: just I mean, it there's a lot of songs that I could have picked, but it's just it's one that has that sound and I love the uh, the way those old songs are structured lyrically. Um, how there's almost no chorus in them. It's just, you know, phrase after phrase, and I just love it.
0: Apart from any of your clients, because I know you you represent <laughs> or are working for a number of different restaurants, so I'm going to take those off the table. Sure. What's your favorite local restaurant?
1: Oh, man, this one was easy. Bangkok, Tokyo. Okay. On Western.
0: Why is that? Oh, there's there's just, a lot of good you know, tie places oh, there are. around, but why, why choose that one?
1: It's just been consistently the best. Um, I've never had a problem there. Uh, Domine, the owner, he's always very friendly anytime you go in there. Um, it's just got, such a good vibe to it it's not the best largest building that you'll ever eat in but it's there's just something about it i love so much
0: they have a little bit more creative menu i think Mm -hmm. than than some of the other places sure it's it's a little more original i guess
1: yeah although i get the same thing every time okay (laughs) well that's fine
0: what does this area have too much of
1: iced tea (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. that's I haven't had that answer yet, so good job. I had to think about that one for a while. Why iced tea? Like iced tea that people are drinking or um, retailers ice, or what? Yeah,
1: retailers. There's just so many iced tea stores. It's really funny.
0: It's because I guess there's a market for it. I mean, there is. It's, there are people who want that tea.
1: It's very true. And I, I mean, I like iced tea as much as the next guy, but it's too much. Are you,
0: are you, are you a sweet tea or a plain oh, tea person?
1: Unsweet. Unsweet? Yeah. Okay. It's a terrible, terrible day when they mix that up through the drive through and I get stuck with sweet tea.
0: And that's a very Southern thing. And we don't always consider ourselves Southern, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of sweet tea drinkers oh, I've yeah. noticed in the area.
1: Definitely. I just try not to drink sugar. That's okay. mostly the, the issue.
0: What does this area not have enough of?
1: I would say culture. Uh, there's... I don't know if that's a good answer, but I feel like a lot of people don't leave and experience other things and just get used to the same old thing here, um, which has been a challenge for marketing and I know for a lot of restaurants. And so I think everybody should travel some more.
0: (laughs) And you you travel, you're exposed to other things, and then you bring that experience or that Mm -hmm. exposure back, and you want to see some of that here. And so that helps push the culture forward and further. Absolutely. Just having that experience. Absolutely. Why do you think people don't travel as much? Is it a financial thing? Is it a priorities thing? I mean, what is your opinion?
1: I'm not sure. I'm sure it's a million different things why people don't don't travel. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of people are just okay staying here um, and don't desire to see something new and try something new. Why do you um, like to
0: travel? What what drives you? to? Oh, dive? I
1: love being somewhere I've never been before and just diving into the whole experience. And you just never know what you could come across that ends up being a huge part of your life. You know, even if it's just a style of food that you've never tried before or I just I think it's great. I think it's great to do. And like you said, great to bring back to your city. And I know a lot of businesses have started up because of Things like that, like frozen yogurt. <laughs> that was yeah. That was a big city thing that
0: we didn't have that, and somebody no, thought we should.
1: Yeah.
0: What's? Uh, I'll ask you this question. This is uh, this is not planned, but what's the most interesting place that you've been mm. outside Amarillo?
1: Well, <laughs> Thailand was definitely a very interesting place, um, but I was a little too young to experience that. So I would say uh, San Francisco was a very excellent trip that we took and went into. Sonoma County and had wine and it was just great
0: That's a good area because you can you can drive you know 15 to 20 minutes outside the city and feel like you're someplace totally different Oh yeah it's excellent how do you describe Amarillo to people outside the area
1: I tell people that Amarillo is a really big small town what does that mean you know it's we're growing we've got a lot of people here um, but there's still that small town mindset a lot of the time and it, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. Uh, people are very kind here and that's that's a good aspect of that small town feel. Um, but you know, like I've said, I just, there's not a lot of culture and a lot of different viewpoints here and that's what I mean by small town also. It
0: doesn't have the, the diversity maybe that a lot of big cities have that helps I guess the interest began to to move forward, mm-hmm. to expand beyond what everybody else just suddenly knows.
1: Sure. Yeah. A lot of people have been here for a long time and don't want things to change. Okay. What is the best music venue in Amarillo? Still waiting for one to open.
0: Okay. So none of the above. So, <laughs> None far. of the above. Yes. Is it, um, th- there are a lot of bars, there are a mm-hmm. lot of places that have live music. Um, and then, you know, in conversations we've had, you've you've told me that you like doing the house shows better. Is that a personality thing or is that because those places are difficult places to play?
1: It's definitely because they're difficult places to play. You know, I work so hard to write this music and practice and to show up and just have it not appreciated is just, it just wears on you after a while. And so I would rather play for people that, that care.
0: That are actively listening mm-hmm. and not just sitting at the bar
1: exactly okay when
0: was the last time you went to Cadillac Ranch
1: I think it was about two years ago
0: all right what was the occasion
1: I had some family in town and my uh, sister-in-law had never been out there so we went out there and spray painted some cars hey okay,
0: you haven't done any like album photo shoots or anything <laughs> out there
1: no no I don't really plan on it <laughs> okay
0: all right it's a good idea yeah. if, if you want to I, I hear it's been very dead. original. Um, okay, so that that concludes the eight straight questions. I like to end Daniel by asking my guests to endorse something related to the area. So, what is something that you think local people should know about or should experience?
1: I mean, I've we've mentioned it several times throughout this conversation, but I'm going to say it again. I would like to endorse downtown Amarillo. Okay, and that's pretty broad, but I feel like there is a a large percentage of Amarillo that hasn't been down here in a while and just doesn't make it a part of their plans for the weekend. And I think there's just so much to do down here and experience and you should all come down here.
0: Okay. I want you to design an evening for people who haven't been downtown in a while. Let's say they've got a Saturday night open. Sure. What do they do? What should they do?
1: Well, of course there's a lot of uh, restaurants and bars you can go to and I would recommend going to several of them because you know, you could stop at six car For a beer and some delicious food, they rotate their menu monthly. You could stop by Crush for some dessert. You could hop over to Esquire, Jazz Club, listen to some jazz, have a cocktail. There needs to be some more retail down here, so you can go shopping, but soon that ballpark's going to be opened up, so there's going to be a lot to do. Um, In the meantime, there's a lot to try out with what's here now.
0: Okay, Daniel Davis, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Daniel for the interview. You can find out more about Sad Monkey at sadmonkeymedia.com. Thanks to Lemieux Company for sponsoring the show. Executive producers of Hey Amarillo include Patrick Burns, Wes Reeves, Jennifer Callahan, Ryan Pennington, Katie Linger, Corey Burns, and Wilson Lemieux. Hey, there's that name again. Find out more about this podcast at heyamarello.com or look us up on social media at Podcast on Instagram, for example, is a good place. If you appreciate the podcast, leave a review. Go to iTunes, to Apple Podcasts, and tell people why you like the show. Leave a review on Facebook. I like that too. You can support the show if you really, really love it. You can support the show by becoming part of my Patreon community at patreon.com slash heyamarello. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.